This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, you're not as fired up as you were last time. Well, but, it's hard uh, to replicate that type of fire. For sure. We had a, I am we, excited. I am excited. Though. Well, we got a lot of emails from you that you, you could sense the passion in our voices in last week's episode. And we were talking about our favorite subjects, so it's not a surprise. Investing. Yeah, the six ways to find a deal in any market. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen. It's, uh, it's one for the ages. Yeah. And for the ages, we're speaking pretty high-minded about our podcast. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to go down in history for it, sure. It's the best thing you'll ever hear. <laughs> so be sure to go back. But but this episode's not so not so shabby either. No, no. I'm not trying to undersell this episode. It's it's the it's a little bit better than last week's. And <laughs> yeah, we've got Sarah Penman, property manager, Penman Properties. Yeah, and Sarah was Sarah was our inaugural guest. So she she came on basically a year ago today to, right. to explain what was going on in the rental market. And a lot has changed. And I was just talking it's with Sarah. Huge changes, for sure. Airbnb has shifted their policy due to city pressure. Right. The city's policies obviously changed quite a bit. Uh, stratas are cracking down. There's the new empty homes tax. A lot of changes that have impacted the rental market. So it's worth listening to this. There's a big shift in uh, yeah, and we'll, big we'll, shift going on. We'll unpack that a bit more in a minute here. But before we get to get to today's episode, we do have a new website that yeah. you're going to want to go check out. You it, most certainly will. VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. It's the number one source for on-the-ground Vancouver real estate news with the city's best insiders. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna. It's an awesome resource. 
Uh, you're going to want to sign up as well for the VREP Livewire. VREP Livewire, what do you, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, but it's going to be good. For sure. So That's sign the new up. newsletter. Sign up for the new <laughs> newsletter. And guess what? Today, on today's episode, we've got a new segment. It's called the Five Wire. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to be uh, we're going to be releasing that at the end of today's episode. A lot, a lot of exciting changes. Another change is Scalina Real Estate and the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast are growing. Yeah. So we are hiring. Uh, thank you so much for people that have actually submitted We've got resumes. a lot of applications. It's, it's Some been fantastic ones as yeah. well. Yeah, so thanks everyone for reaching out. We are still taking them though. Sure, uh, not for very much longer, but um, this week we will accept a, a few more applicants. Yeah, so we've if, got till so probably Sunday or so. But if you do want to apply, you can you can send your resume or you can send the link to another person that info, you think is going to be a good fit for yeah, sure. Info at vancouverrealestatepodcast dot com. Yeah, or you can check out the job at vancouverrealestatepodcast dot com slash blog. Okay, so enough with the website. Let's move on. How how was your week? Real busy week. It's a yeah. really busy week. I mean, there was a ton of things that happened. Uh, first off, I had my shoes, socks, and jackets stolen. <laughs> that's that's what came to mind. You've had a really busy week. Yeah, and it I had to buy a new jacket. What what? Uh, how did you no? Get... What happened? What happened? So here's the story. I I was um, at a at an appointment in Kits. I have a five-year-old daughter, of course. She swims at the uh, the pool in the West End. The, the the aquatic center. The aquatic center. Yeah, I was blanking on the name there. Uh, so I was, I was. She starts at five thirty. I was getting there at five forty, five forty-five. I could catch her in the pool for fifteen minutes. Right. Uh, I I'd never seen her swim there. Uh, so my wife said, "Hey, go through the change room." If you don't have a quarter, don't worry. Put your jacket, your shoes in the locker, right? And then join us on the uh, in front of the pool. That's the best place to see the little kids area. So you put it in the locker. So I took off my jacket. I was wearing a suit and a and a a nice you know a nice overcoat, overcoat, brand new shoes, and uh, a nice pair of socks. Put them all in the locker, and uh, I was in the I was in the pool area for about. 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. And it was gone. Uh, so wait, are you sure? Did you check all the lockers? I did, I, which was kind of embarrassing in and of itself. Uh, you know, I do bare, that. Yeah. Steve Nash all the time. I, I, I get, I get the guy, <laughs> I'm the guy that has to open oh, up I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like, okay, am I losing my mind? No, this is the locker. So, you know, I'm going locker after locker. There's a bunch of guys looking at me, um, you know, suit with, bare feet um so how did you panic the look on his face so how did you figure out that it was stolen well no what happened was so i went it it wasn't there Uh, i went i had to walk upstairs to the information booth wait in the line in my bare feet get to the front and i said to her you know what i put my jacket in the locker she said did you lock it i said no but i've only been here 10 15 minutes she said no it would take two minutes it's gone long gone that guy's (laughs) gone uh so the worst part was i had to then walk out of the aquatic center um and it was cold actually it was a cold night right barefoot walk a with a suit no jacket right. uh to my car which was parked quite a ways away <laughs> watching for uh glass and everything else and uh yeah. yeah it was it was a horrifying experience but anyway yeah. got a new jacket out of it i feel like uh ophelia is going to be telling this story while lying on a couch in <laughs> in future years well let's put it this way she doesn't swim there anymore <laughs> and she's grounded but but so well, so that was one thing that happened but right. i mean there's other there's other thing this has been a busy week this has been for, a busy for week. another yeah. thing i mean uh we should say is the market seems to be 
picking up quite quickly. Uh, last ten days sure. have been have been very very busy. Uh, we were just talking before we went live here. Um, you know, me personally, I was in three different multiple offer situations, but one had a, there was a downtown one bedroom and den condo, right? Uh, that I wrote on. There's 14 offers. 14 offers, so, and I'm I'm hearing that anecdotally. I'm hearing that all over the market, particularly yeah, really in condos. Uh, you know, uh, under 800,000. Yeah, and we've been saying that for a while, and I think it still holds true um, that it's kind of under that price point, but it's really busy out there. I think part of it's an inventory issue. There's there's not a lot uh, well, out there to buy. Yeah, and, and that's just it. I, I mean, I, th- I think we're still in the hangover phase of the foreign buyer tax for sure. Um, but what I would say is that, you know, even though houses have come down 10 to 15%, they're Easy, still yeah. out of reach for most people, yeah. right? So yeah. a lot of the local market is going after condos and townhomes. It is kind of that seems to be really, really active in the sub-million dollar range, which is a very local price point. And um, yeah, supply is limited. Yeah. The other thing that was interesting about that one uh, multiple offer situation specifically sure. was, so I was I did a market analysis for our, for my client and... What I told him was I was thinking kind of high, mid to high fives was somewhere it's going to land, right? Okay. Like kind of 550 to 580 range. It was priced below that. Uh, 580 being kind of on the high end based on previous comps. Now, if this was six months to a year ago, right. it probably would have hit 610, you know? It, sure, Because sure. we were just... In situations like that, people were willing to pay way over what the comp suggested. And it was a rising market. It was rising very quickly. Exactly. In this case, sold subject-free, but it sold for 572 which I think was on the high end of the comps, but... Still, I, they didn't... In my mind, the whoever got that didn't overpay. So I don't think that, um, you know, this is suggestive of... Uh, or that one situation is suggestive of a market that's going to start rising... Two to four percent every month again. Sure. You know, it's just interesting. It's, it's very competitive, but the prices seem to be more in check. And it will be interesting to see what happens with inventory in the spring. I mean, we're obviously coming up on a spring market right now. Inventory is very low. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens if the supply starts to reach the demand. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so the market in in short order here last ten days really picked up. You know, there's a thaw over the Christmas. There's a lot of snow. Well, the snow's gone. Right? Yeah, that's and, a big uh, thing. And and it does seem to be picking up quite dramatically. And then last, of course, Chrissy Clark introduced the changes to the foreign buyers tax. Right. And we'll see what kind of impact this has on the market, if any. Um, so basically what she's done is she's allowed people for with work permits now to avoid paying the tax. Yeah, exactly. And we had Mac Kerman. Uh, that was episode 21. He was that animator from California that got caught up. He was buying his first home. $90,000. Yeah, I mean, Huge. a millennial looking to get into the market, and he got yeah. caught. Uh, luckily, he managed to push his dates up to avoid that August 2nd deadline. Right, right. Uh, so it was a, it was a, a good ending for Mac, uh, but that was, a, that was a fantastic episode. And, um, and it's guys like him, people like him, uh, that are going to be saved from from that fifteen percent who are you know living working and paying income tax in Vancouver, so I think this is sort of a a, a smart change. Right. So it's been an interesting week in our real estate market, but yeah, Matt, especially that jacket. 
yeah. story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <was> fascinating. Anyway. <laughs> 10 minutes on the jacket and two minutes on the market. Uh, but before we get to... Uh, before it was traumatic. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. But before we get to our interview with Sarah, just quickly, there's been some changes uh, in how the city's interpreting uh, short-term rentals. Yeah, I mean... And so, rentals in general. So Sarah really talks in this interview uh, more so about uh, Airbnb's changing policy which was really interesting she's saying it's actually you know of course it's pressure from the city i guess they don't want to get uh kicked out of vancouver the vancouver airbnb or short-term rental market altogether so they've made some dramatic shifts that have really impacted her business and anyone looking to do uh, short-term rentals uh the other component that we don't really talk about is that new empty homes tax that's uh on vancouver proper uh and so it's funny actually we've never actually addressed it thought it would be useful just to talk very quickly uh, about what the empty homes tax actually means. So it's for anyone who owns a property that is not their principal residence in Vancouver and who haven't rented it out for 180 days of the year for periods of at least 30 days. Right. And, and so if you have that empty condo, empty home, you're going to be hit with a 1% tax on the assessed value, which is could be substantial. Well, hey, listen, I have a a, a guy looking to potentially sell a one bedroom condo. He's from the island. He's got kids here. He comes in, you know, maybe once a month for two days, you know, a weekend basically to see his grandkids. And he's saying, look, on the assessed value, that's close to $5,500 for a downtown condo right? on top of the property taxes that he already pays, right? on top of the strata fees. I mean, he's looking at close to $1,000 a month carrying costs and over 600 of those are going to be uh, the property tax. So, you know, it's significant for a lot of people and don't get me started on the, the assessed value of the West Side, the, some of the West Side homes. Right. I mean, that's going to be huge. So that's something that Sarah doesn't cover as much, but that is a lot of those homes are either hitting the market for sale or they're hitting the rental market and uh, that's going to have an impact as well. For sure. So Matt, uh, without further ado, let's get to our interview with Sarah Penman. Yeah, it's a good one. Enjoy guys. Okay, so we're here with Sarah Penman from episode two and with Penman Properties. How are you doing, Sarah? Hey, Sarah. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. So a few of our guests who haven't listened to episode two uh, might not know Penman Properties. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and your company? Sure. Yeah, no problem. uh, We're a full-service property management company. We work for both tenants and owners, uh, covering all the way from Surrey and Langley out to Pemberton. On the tenant side, we help tenants compete with all of the many applicants that come into applications that come in for every property each month. And then on the owner side, we just make sure that um, the owner's homes are being taken care of very, very well and not being destroyed by tenants. Right. Um, We work from anything from a studio apartment all the way up to multi homes okay so so last time we had you on sarah it was kind of the heat of the market we just begun the podcast um a huge portion how, how many doors do you guys look after now just as an aside uh over about 300 or so wow wow so you've you've expanded considerably since you're on the podcast um yeah but but when when uh when we spoke to you last a considerable portion of your of the rentals you looked after were airbnb short-term um, VRBO type rentals. Uh, has that changed? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's been a, a massive, a lot of massive changes in that in that side of the market um, that stemmed from the proposal that the government made. Uh, it all stemmed from that, which kind of scared Airbnb. So the market's changed drastically. How much do you want to know? <laughs> Maybe a good starting place is just to talk about the empty homes tax. Can you talk to that a bit? Uh, yeah, I don't really see too much on the empty homes tax. What I what I see is the fallouts. So, for example, like the owners that can afford to leave their homes empty, they don't really care about if you charge them more. Right. It's not affecting the right people, right? I The people that I see it affect the most are the people that can't afford to leave their homes empty because they need help with the mortgage. They've bought, they've bought the property because they know that they're going to get some income in for it. Mm-hmm. So those are the people that I see affected. The, the tax doesn't affect any of my more well-off owners that don't care if their units are rented or not. Right. You don't see that. And most of those owners don't work for, we don't work for because they, they simply leave them empty as opposed to hiring us to keep them filled. <laughs> right. And so we were talking last week, Sarah, and you, you were saying that Airbnb's response is actually something that a lot of people don't know about and has really impacted the, the short-term rental industry. Yeah, it's actually affected both short-term and long-term markets greatly. It's, so what happened is the, the government made a proposal um, that's going to restrict Airbnb use in Vancouver. And, you know, it's if you break it down into a very layman sense, Airbnb was like, oh, wow, we're going to get kicked out of the city as a whole, which they have in many other major cities in the world. Um, so they they need to do something. So from the very top, they without telling a lot of their underlings or managers down below. So when you call Airbnb, you, you get somebody from some city and you never really know if how high up the scale they are. Yeah. And most of them didn't know what these policy changes were or that they were coming. So we just got a call one day saying that uh, you're a property management company. I said, yes, of course. And they said, okay, well, we're, we, we have, we're putting a new policy in called One Host, One Home. I said, okay, what's that? And they basically have decided that um, in order to keep the community feel of Airbnb, that they are only going to allow homeowners who live in the home mm-hmm. to list that that home or a suite within that house that they own and live in to list on Airbnb. So there was no warning. It was one day's warning that all of our, I think it was like 60 something properties at that time were going to be unlisted the next day with no ability to relist whatsoever. So obviously that greatly affects us, but it also affects the investors who don't live in their condo because it's a one bedroom condo that they've bought for investment purposes Mm -hmm. that they then have to, they have to find a, a new way of generating income for that because they because they don't live in that home, they technically can't list on Airbnb either. So, so how did your team respond, Sarah? Well, I literally had to prepare all of those owners that there was going to be a great decline in what their income was. Uh, Airbnb did allow us to keep the reservations that were previously booked by the time they they unlisted all our properties. So it wasn't like they had zero income coming in, but there was no ability to fill calendars. Uh, so it, I had to prepare all those owners. And then after that, I just looked, I searched for another venue for them to kind of do the same thing. So I looked, I uh, researched homes, home away, Canada stays. Uh, there's about 20 different companies that I looked at into, um, including VRBO as well. Canada stays is the Canadian version of VRBO. And it's just, I broke down all the pricing to see, I pretended as if we were going to really list with them and give 60 properties and what was the best they could do for me. Kind of went to that for my owners. Right. And 
did, I don't know, probably two weeks of research on it um, while trying to deal with the aftermath of everything. And it just doesn't make sense to list on those property, those, those property sites, I guess, because, or vacation sites, I should say, because it's, you're, you're adding another cost. So the people that want to work with us are they're doing it because they've hired us because they don't have the time to manage it effectively mm-hmm. without damage to their homes. And by that, I mean properly vetting the clients, making sure the communication with the clients and expectations, all of the things that make us successful and why people hired us, they don't have time to do. So they're paying money out of their what they're making to us already. And then to pay, you know, I got them down to like about $1,000 a year per property. But that's $1,000 more that they're having to pay on top of paying us. And that's just based on my big amount or large amount of properties that I was going to give to this site. So it's just the cost of listing on those sites are, is substantial. So it was in after doing all that research in the end, I just, it's not worth it. And I'm not going to mislead my clients. So I just told my clients, there's not a venue that I can, I can work on that makes sense for you to still list with us for short term. So we've gone away from that. We've, we've listed all of our short term properties. Um, they've either, I've either advised them to sell the property or to go long term. And obviously the, the choice to do either sell or to go long term depends on what their break point is each month. So if I can get them a break point that, get them an amount in that is above that break point, then we'll be listed long term. And if I, if it wasn't achievable, then I advise them to sell. Wow. So I didn't actually understand this. You're, so you're out of the, the short term rental game, it sounds like. We are other than over 30 days. So we have, we can, we have a lot of business executives that come into town all at, for a month here and there or a couple months or a lot of people from Microsoft that come in for, you know, three month contract, six month contract. Sure. So we still do those kinds of uh, executive shorter term rentals, but definitely not the nightly that we used to do. So what type of impact have you seen on long term rentals then? Uh, well, it flooded the market. So just to make it really simple to understand, there used to be estimated around 5,300 one bedroom units listed on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And within one day, that went down to 3,000, just under 3,000, 2,800. So you had that difference, that amount of properties with no source of income in, in one day's notice. So all of those people rented or listed on the long-term market. So anytime you have an oversupply like that, your your prices, the cheapable prices plummet. So it basically tanked the market. Just to be clear, these are these are furnished long term, for the yeah, most part. So it's the yeah furnished long term. The furnished long term market absolutely tanked because all of those two thousand something two twenty five hundred properties, and that's just one bedrooms. Yeah, those were taken off the short term market and listed on long term furnished. So the long term furnished market absolutely tanked. It, we I actually looked at the numbers of what we achieved last year to this year. In that in that market, and we, I like to pride myself on the prices that I can get for my clients, and I wasn't even able to achieve close to what I did last year. It was about, I would say, four hundred dollars less a month, um, with the exact same unit because of it being so saturated. So, how does that compare then, Sarah, to the unfurnished market? The unfurnished market, uh, it was always furnished market used to be more. You always used to be able to achieve higher incomes yeah, with furnished. Course. What it did, the unfurnished market never changed. It's about the same. 
but there's less of a supply of it. So, and demand is always there, right? So that, that stayed just as high. The long-term furnished market dropped significantly. So it's below what you would get if it was unfurnished. We get about 20 emails a day, or we did during that three months of over floodedness. Um, we had everyone ask us, can you unfurnish the apartments? People need unfurnished and they didn't, they're not, there's not enough of them and they go too quickly, but there's a massive amount of furnished markets listed. So there would obviously be a cost that people had to absorb to actually remove the furniture as well. Well, and yeah. find, find something yeah. to do with the furniture, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, do you yeah. see, is the market stabilizing? I mean, this is a huge, um, you know, a huge change and, and there's over a couple thousand units suddenly hit the market. At this moment, is it stabilized? It's starting to come out now. Like it's starting to stabilize now. We've, we t- normally take a, a maximum amount of listings each month so that we can do our jobs effectively. Because um, we need to be able to show a property without, if you list too many properties at the same time, you just spread yourself too thin. So we, for those three months, were at least five properties over our regular max. Um, and we carried, you know, about six from month to month because they, the owners wanted us to keep the price where it was, but I was, you know, it didn't, they didn't want to drop to what it needed to be based on the market changes. Mm-hmm. So we carried a few properties through, but, uh, it has started. We've actually now, we only have one furnished unit still listed right now. And that's, it just got listed a couple of weeks ago. So it's, it's not something that we've been carrying. So it is, it is starting to balance back out and the prices will slowly come back up but you're it's going to take a long time before you see the price points that were achieved in the past Mm -hmm. there's not as many units on the market so the supply is not as substantial as it was but the prices haven't come back up yet so sarah obviously uh, with everybody shifting towards uh longer term rentals you know i've talked to a few people that that have uh short term rentals themselves and they're and they're seeing this as an opportunity you know that the market of course is is smaller there's not as many units doing airbnb type units um what what are your thoughts on that uh yeah like there's there's definitely not as many people doing airbnb it's whenever you take the ease of something out of a situation, sure. less people use it as well, right? So uh, in my opinion, this, our government is making Vancouver not an attractive city to visit. We don't have Uber, and now they've made Airbnb more difficult. And because there's less supply on the Airbnb market, like at less units listed, those owners that are still listing have jacked their prices because they can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're, for the both the person coming to town they're they're losing they're, it's a losing battle for them because they're looking at higher prices for something that they would have gotten for fifty dollars less a night but that's just simply because there's less on the market so they can put that price mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so it's taking out airbnb is they haven't they still haven't achieved what they were trying to do the, the empty home tax and this both have not affected what they tried to affect you want more you want that vacancy rate to improve well, the long-term furnished market and the unfurnished market are completely different markets. Taking all these units off Airbnb doesn't put them back on the unfurnished market. Right, right. <laughs> so that doesn't change. So Sarah, uh, we get this question all the time from people asking what type of rentals they should do, what they should buy. So if we were to give you a million dollars and ask you to buy a revenue property for us. Or, or more than one. Yeah. What, what would you buy and how would you rent it? Uh, you want to make sure that you're hitting all the points of what 
makes it the most marketable, right? So you want to be in a good location and you want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're close to transportation. It's easy to get in and out. You're not in an area where traffic is con- constantly congested. Um, and then when it comes to the type of unit, you just want to make sure that um, you're hitting the, the one bedroom markets are, they're the most achievable. So depending on how much money the client has, one bedroom is a good way to go because they're more marketable than a studio. But at the same time, they cost more. Two bedrooms, there's less two bedrooms and three bedrooms. The higher amount of bedrooms you go up, the less there are. So supply and demand works in your favor. With one bedrooms, there's always more. There's tons of one bedrooms on the rental market all the time. And that's because there's investors can get in at that point. So if you're able to afford a good enough down payment or large enough down payment to afford a two bedroom, that's a, you're going to make a higher profit if you can afford it. But it just it's all about the numbers. What we always say is with all the realtors that I work with, as you guys know, um, you're more than welcome to shoot me the the listing when you're looking at properties and I can kind of tell you the marketability of it and give you a really rough quote because that way you're you're going in educated, right? So depending on where your numbers would be at, you want to make sure you're not buying something where it's you're leaving a, only a small range for any error in what you can achieve each month. Those that's what you saw really affected by the changes with the people, the owners that didn't have a large range of what they could make, mm-hmm. if they needed to make a certain number, those are the people that ha- they were forced to sell. So you don't want to buy something that you're going to be screwed on because you, you didn't set yourself up for success, right? So, Sarah, is there a lot of people ask us about what kind of cap rate they could expect to get in Vancouver? Is is that how you guys operate based on cap rates and what's achievable in our in our in our city? Yeah, we when I do our comparables, we kind of do them this, similar to how you uh, would sort of set your price for a sale. Okay. We look at what's what I've personally as a company that we've rented in the past, what we've achieved in the building. Uh, we look at strata management company in the building. We look at past rentals from other companies. Um, I look at what's listed on the three sites now, like uh, Craigslist and Kijiji and mm-hmm. Super. Supper. We we look at all of those to see what's how much is on the market now. For example, we listed a False Creek property um, last month, and and but it was late in the month. So the pricing, the comparables you're going to see, there's not much left on the market because it's the end of the month. And then within a week, there were about six properties within a one block radius that were listed for all lower price points. So that brings down your price point. That's achievable. So it's really important that whoever is setting your prices, they're aware of the fact that you have to kind of adjust biweekly on what's been listed at. Okay, so as many of you know, we have the uh, new newsletter on our site called The Livewire. That's right. And we're also introducing this new segment called The Five Wire. So, Sarah, are you ready for five quick questions? Sure, fire them off. All right. So, uh, what's your favorite area in Vancouver? Are we talking Vancouver as a whole, like the North Shore included, or just Vancouver? Just Vancouver. Vancouver proper. Uh, Sunset Beach. Okay. Favorite restaurant or bar? Oh, man, that one's tough. Uh, I would have to say local because it's just so fun. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. So where do you take someone from out of town? First place. Lynn Canyon in North Van. Westside Mansion or Downtown Penthouse? Westside Mansion. Angelina or Jen? Mm, Angelina. 
Ooh, that's a surprise, actually. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, there wait, there we a, go. As that's a bonus a question. Order. Betty or Veronica? <laughs> Betty or Veronica? Yeah. Oh, that's totally different. Uh, I would probably go with Veronica on that one. Veronica on that one. It, it's funny. You know, last episode, Adam and I uh, was, were preaching about how it's important <laughs> to have a team in place. And, and we cited the property manager as a really useful member of a team and Maybe to in closing, we'll just say uh, we work with uh, you all the time, Sarah, and you're a fantastic resource. So, so how can people get in touch with you? Oh, thanks, guys. Um, you can always send an email to our general email address. It's info at penmanproperties.com. Or you can give my myself a call at any time. It's 604-230-6755. Okay. Well, hey, Sarah, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for your time and insight. Yeah, no problem, guys. Anytime. So there you have it, folks, our chat about the current rental market with Sarah Penman of Penman Properties. It's always a pleasure talking to Sarah. She's yeah. always insightful and she knows her stuff for she sure. She definitely knows her stuff. I mean, 300 doors, it's impossible not to. She's got her finger on the pulse. When does she find time to eat I, I don't, I, or sleep or she, she, have a significant other or no whatever, one, no all those things people like to do? Yeah, no one's going to criticize her on her work ethic, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> no kidding. So Matt, uh, we're coming back next week. We've got a great episode. We've got uh, Sean Anderson, who's... Um, fantastic building inspector fantastic it's a great guy. guest we also should say we got that new website again vancouverrealestatepodcast.com go check it out it's your number one source for on the ground vancouver real estate news with the city's best real estate insiders yeah and come and come sign up for the vrep live wire that's uh, that's you gonna never be know a, what you're gonna get but you're gonna get it once be, a week so uh, <laughs> it's gonna be good it's gonna yeah, be good for sure so matt how can people reach you 778-847-2854 or Matt at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. We also got that nonpartisan line info at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. So have a great week. Come back and join us next week on Wednesday and uh, we'll look forward to that. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. 
We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.